Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for your big book study. My name is Ross M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, March 17th, 2023. And we're reading from the big book. We're in How It Works, page 68, the second paragraph, starting with perhaps there's a better way, ending with um, match calamity with serenity. All right, today's readers. For the steps, we have Joni C. For the traditions, K.S. Reading the text is Pete B. Uh, page 164 is Nancy R. The backup reader is Tenzin P. Our newcomer greeter is Barb W. And our second hour host is Leslie M. We have reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, March 16, 2023. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,056. 056. The 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,057. 20057. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision, Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I've asked Joni C. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered from Minnesota, um, but not cured. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. All right, Joni, thank you. Next up for the traditions is K.S. Good morning, this is K.S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in North Carolina. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be, never be drawn into public controversies. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Awesome. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what we read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study and how it works in the big book. We're on page 68, and we're reading that second paragraph starting with um, perhaps there's a better way, ending with match calamity with serenity. And I ask Pete B. to start us off today. Excuse me. Thanks, Russ. Uh, My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. Uh, perhaps, perhaps there is a better way. We think so. For we are now on a different basis 
the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in the world to play the role he assigns. Just to the extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him, does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? So that's a good paragraph. I, you know, um, you know, our book says that resentments are the number one offender. And I, you know, I, my experience was, you know, the, the real challenge came for me uh, enlisting my fears. Enlisting my fears and putting my fears on paper, it, 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 it really, I, I felt super exposed and vulnerable. And it was very, very challenging for me to actually look at these things because I didn't want to think that I had any fears. And, and, and even more than that, I didn't want to, I didn't want to think that uh, I was essentially fear-driven, you know, I, I, and, and, and all of my decisions and all of my, my, my uh, 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 plans were based upon my fears. And, and I, I, I just was unable to look at that. So this was super challenging for me. And what I found, what I what I found was, you know, I, so when I started to look at this, and I said, so so we are now, we are. So when was when is now, right? When, when are we on this different basis? And and I that that just that brings me back to I, I I got on this different basis when I made my decision to turn my life and my will over to the care of God as I understand God in the previous step. Right. It was it was at that time where I established a foundation in something greater than myself or a belief in something greater than myself and turned my life and will over to the care of that power where I got where I got the courage to look at these things honestly and put them down in paper. Right. In the AA 12 and 12, it says. The effectiveness of the whole AA program will rest upon how well and earnestly we have tried to come to a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand God. And so I had to have this footing in place so that I was able to look at my resentments because they were plain, they were in black and white, but really in place so I could look at my fears and list my fears. And I'm grateful that, and I'm super, super grateful for the recovered individuals that explained that to me. So that in having this footing, I was able to look at these things as honestly and as openly and as, and, 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 and as specifically as I can, as I could. And the freedom that came from understanding these things was, was, was impactful. But what was super important is the freedom that came that as long as I trust and rely that whatever happens going forward, as long as I'm doing the best, as long as I'm behaving in a way that I think God would have me behave. And that's a, cre- that's a key thing there, think, because I'm going to make mistakes, especially at this point. I'm going to make mistakes, but as long as I'm doing as I think my God would have me do. I'll be able to match calamity, whatever calamity that is, with the serenity that this program provides. And that, that I'll pass. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. All right. So we're going to open up the lines for sharing. 
And uh, although we value your experience, we ask that you remember to share it every third day. So if you share it on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, please step back and allow others to get a chance to share. Um, I'll let you know if I don't hear you. And please, uh, if you can, one at a time so we could just, uh, so I could hear everybody clearly. Who's up? Bonnie B. Okay. Okay. I just got Bonnie B. And I think Tina S. Karini, Atina, Larry K. Reva P. Larry. Janet B. Reva. Janet, there was somebody. There was some. That's who it was. Rachel. Rachel. Okay. And then. And who was the last one? I'm sorry. Lisa. Not Rachel. Lisa. Lisa. Okay. Lisa M. So I think this is a pretty good list. Whoever I missed, we'll try to get you on the next round. So I got Bonnie B, Tina S, Irene M, Rachel K, Larry K, Reva P, Janet B, and Lisa M. Bonnie, you're up. Okay, thanks so much, Russ. Thanks for your service. Thank you, Pete, for the opening share. Um, Bonnie B from Minnesota. Gratefully recovered by the grace of God. Perhaps there's a better way. Um, yeah, you think for me? For sure. Um, and what is that better way? It's always going to be the third step prayer. It's always going to be, God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you would today. I have a, just a, um, I had quite an event planned. Um, I have three amends that were on my never list um, from 10 years ago that were planned for this weekend, a road trip. And um, you know, one of them backed out last night. And this is the deal. The deal is that I'm willing. The deal is that um, I wear life um, as a loose garment, right? So I had a goal, and this is part of my disease. I had a goal, and the goal is to get these amends done, right? The goal is to cross them off the list, and for a whole bunch of different reasons. Hopefully, they're all God reasons, but I'm sure there's some underlying motivation there also that still drives me to do it for me. But as long as I, um, you know, I can have a goal, but as long as I don't have an outcome attached to that goal, I consider it still God. But if I have an outcome attached to that goal, and what I figured out last night is when this individual sent me a text and said she didn't think it was going to work, we'd have to set it up for a different time, I realized that um, I had an outcome attached to it. And when I have an outcome attached to a goal, it becomes an idol for me. And so I had to do some, some soul searching last night again, right? I'm still going on the road trip. It's still going to be exactly what God wants it to be. And, the, and, and I rest this morning in that place of peace because my desire is to honor God in what I do. And whatever that looks like, it's going to look like. He's got it all figured out. And in the end, if it's not the right time for this individual, then it's not the right time for this individual. And God's going to set something up differently. But, yeah, there's definitely a better way. And the better way is to release it all on a second-by-second -second basis, day-by-day, -day, and let God show up and do what he wants to do. And if I do that, life is amazing, and I get to live in that, in that place of peace. Um, and where my head goes, my, um, my body goes. And so I am so grateful for each of you. I'm grateful for this program, and most of all, I'm grateful for my God who continues to speak to me on such a very regular basis. Thank you so much, and I'll pass with that.
Thank you, Bonnie. Next up is Tina S. followed by Irene N. Thanks so much, Russ. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Yeah, great paragraph. Perhaps there's a better way. Maybe, you know. Uh, look at my track record. Wasn't doing so great, you know. And, you know, I'm always taken back to this to this page. Always, always, always. A lot of times weekly, sometimes daily. It was just here yesterday. You know, I was so grateful I got on the line because, you know, I can get in my own head and in my own way uh, yesterday. And then we talked about fear. And I was like, that's exactly where I was. You know, I'm so... I'm so great or not so great, but I'm able to see it in other people. But when I got it going on, look out, you know, look out. But, you know, I was so grateful yesterday, you know, when I get in this place of fear, you know, because on my own, you know, it says we're on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God, trust infinite God, limitless, you know, rather than our finite, limited selves, you know, and just, you know, it's, and it says we're in the world to play the role he signs assigns but you know when i get in that place of okay god you know i'm done running the show because look where it's got me you know how can i be of service what can i do please remove this fear and direct my attention to what you would have me be you know and then you know i'm able to when i'm really focusing on what god would have me be as opposed to what i think this fear is going on in my life you know i'm enabled i am enabled to match calamity with serenity you know even though the shit is going on you know, I could be in a place of peace and serenity, you know, knowing that, okay, I'm in the world to play the role he assigns. I'm not in the world to play the role Tina assigned to what I think should be going on or how it should be going on, but just to be peaceful and to do the next right thing, you know. And and I'm so grateful that I get reminded of this, and I'm really grateful that today, no matter what, I don't have to pick up the food, the booze, the drugs, the sex, or whatever, so that I don't deal with my life, that I can participate, that I can be in my life today, one day at a time, be present, and have a solution. And when I keep coming on these meetings or any other meeting where I get the, the solution, you know, I have a shot. You know, and with that, I'll pass. Great stuff. Looking forward to some more shares. So thanks, Russ. Thank you, <laughs> All right, next up is Irene M, followed by Rachel K. Thank you, Russ, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irene M from New York, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. So here, they're subtly, they're, they're giving us instructions to set aside everything that we know and find a better way. It's about shifting our focus from finite self to unlimited God. Wow, unlimited. Unlimited anything sounds abundance to me and very inviting. If I trust on God, how would that look like for me? God, what would, what would you have me be? Be and do in this situation. Ask and it shall be given. Asking for that intuitive thought. And it's about trusting and relying on our creator. When we trust and rely on one, then we believe in them as we are doing with our family and our friends. It's the same thing here. We trust and rely, therefore we believe in the power that is greater than ourselves. We're practicing steps two and three. 
What role does God want me to play in, in my circumstances? When we keep our hearts glued on God, then God enables us to match calamity with serenity. Who doesn't want that? This is where I can have expectations on another, on our creator. And it takes humility to lower my pride and humble myself to ask for guidance, to, re- to rely and trust. And trust is to believe, I mean, to really believe and practice faith in my creator from my head to my heart to my feet, how I walk. When I trust, then fear melts away. The power of God is my strength through my weaknesses. He is the power through me being powerless. So I need to be connected to God so I can think and act accordingly in all of my situations. Otherwise, I'm dysfunctional. You know, if I'm not connected, things start to go wrong. So I need to trust and rely on God to practice that muscle of knowing that I'm always being taken care of and the results are beyond my belief. I love the peace God blessed me with. I love the gift of his presence that guides me in all my situations. I hold his hand and doing the best not to let go. And the key is connect, stay connected, and be connected. I thank you, and I pass. Thanks, Irini. Next up is Rachel Kay, followed by Larry Kay. Hi, this is uh, Rachel Kay. Thanks, uh, Russ. This is Rachel Kay from Indiana, and I love this passage so much um, because it's kind of a math and this is a mathematical formula. It's just to the extent that I depend on God, do I get serenity? Am I able to match calamity with serenity? So if I trust God a little bit, I'm not, or, or not at all, I'm, I'm not going to be able to match calamity with serenity. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but, I, you know, I have a, a fair amount of calamity in my life, I feel like, on a daily basis. I mean, aside from, like, the big calamities. Um, and I'm not trying to, you know, it, I don't have it any worse than any of you. I'm sure you all or some of you all have calamity in your life, too. There's a, a poem that talks about, you know, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, you know, then you'll be a man. Um, and I think of it as then you'll be a grown-up, you know, a recovered person. If, if I can keep my head when there's chaos about me, and some people are saying it's my fault or whatever, if I can let go of what people think of me um, and, and that fear and fear of what's going to happen, am I going to lose something I want or not get something I want or lose something I have or not get something I want or, you know, and that includes the, the approval of other people, um, if I can do that and, and, um, and trust God rather than my finite self, um, then I will recover. And I also like the part about um, assigning the role that he assigned. I'm, I'm sorry, playing the role that God assigned early in the morning, playing the role that God assigned. Um, you know, trying to figure out everything is just too much for me. You know, I consider myself a fairly intelligent person, but trying to figure everything out just got me deeper and deeper and deeper into this disease and the food. All I have to do is follow my marching orders. God says, you know, do this. Um, 
help others, trust me, work the steps. And, and those are my marching orders, you know, the next right thing. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to, you know, look at the master plan. I just play the role that he assigns one day at a time, sometimes one hour or one minute at a time, and the rest is up to him. I don't have to figure it out. So anyway, hope everybody has a good weekend. Thanks for letting me share on that. Thanks, Rachel. All right, next up is Larry, but let me let you know where we're at if you jumped on a little later. We're on page 68 and how it works. Second paragraph, we're just reading that paragraph. Perhaps there's a better way down to match calamity with serenity. All right, now you're up, buddy. Thanks, Russ. Good morning. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. So it says, for we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. Problem is, what if I'm challenged by even the possibility of conceiving of God? You know, there's the rub. <laughs> so first, can I at least acknowledge that surrender is at the heart of all spiritual paths, whatever they are? No practice is more powerful or profound for me. But, but what does it mean to surrender? And, you know, my mind is going to fight with, it's going to reject, ignore, push against. I like to keep maneuvering to change situations that I don't want. And then comes a time, you know, a crisis, a situation, when I can't keep fighting, either because it's too painful to keep fighting or because I finally know at a heart level that it's, it's futile, you know, and, and some other path is needed. And surrender is going is to begin there for me when all the schemes end. You know, and surrender is not a strategy. In fact, it's the profound absence of the strategy. It's waking up for me to realize that all the strategies, all the things, the schemes that have failed, and I'm out of new ones. I'm out of new ideas. And that's where surrender happens when I know that I don't know. It arrives when I know that I can't think my way out of this, see my way out of this. And in true surrender, I, I don't even know if, if what I'm going to do, if I'm going to embark on these steps, if it's even going to work. Got no idea because this is experiential. Now, here comes the, 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 the double negative statement I've been thinking about. Surrender happens when it can't not happen. Surrender, for me, happens when it can't not happen. When, when I surrender, I give up, but not in the way I think giving up means. I give up the belief that I can make reality different than what it is. And when I surrender, I let go of the results of my actions, I accept that, you know what, that I'm going to do these steps, I'm going to implement these steps, and fighting things or figuring things out is above my pay grade. You know, the God job, I always remind myself, Russ, the God job, it's taken. I think it's taken. Can't apply for that one. With that, I pass. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. All right. Next up, we have Reba P. followed by Janet P. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. This is an important paragraph for me this morning. Um, so I realize over and over that underneath all my anger and resentments is a lot of fear. And this is telling me that when I'm in fear, I'm in self-reliance. Um, 
and for self-reliance for me, that means I got to figure it out. I got to fix it. I got to solve things and it doesn't work out and it usually gets worse. So I need to trust this infinite God. And I love this calamity with serenity. I think there could be a whole special edition on how to match calamity with serenity, calamity, disaster, catastrophe. And you know what? This is a great reminder for me that my serenity, um, my okayness is independent and can be independent of external circumstances and situations and people um, if I stay close to this power. So for me, calamity is sometimes a circumstance, but most of all, calamity is what's going on in my head because my head could make a disaster out of something that's maybe objectively sort of minimal. And I can actually, and I have gotten through quite serious things uh, peacefully. So the calamity is an internal condition and serenity it matches it if I work the steps and access and stay close to this power. Um, and the last thing I wanted to say, you know, trust and faith for me is not a thought or a feeling. It's an action. When I move a muscle, and yesterday I had to do two things that were extremely scary and difficult, and I'm still scared about, you know, what's going to be the outcome of each of them. But trusting infinite God means I move the muscle. I do it. I take the action. Um, and just to the extent that I will trust God on a daily basis, that things will work out the way he wills, um, and I will be assigned roles that I don't have to know today, um, then I can be okay. And it's so freeing to know that I can be okay no matter what goes on around me. Um, like I can be that calm in the storm. And yes, it takes work, but what a better way to leave, live. Um, and I love the the, the non-pushiness of this. Perhaps, perhaps you might want to try to do this. Um, so I love that they're not so uh, forceful in the big book. And um, with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva. Next up is Janet B. Followed by Lisa M. Hi, good morning. It's Janet B. Recovered Compulsive Eater in New Jersey. So for my first seven years in OA, I sat in rooms, um, never, never getting abstinent, and always saying things like, well, I picked up because, and there was always a circumstance, always a reason. Um, and what I've learned, right, is that it never has to do with circumstance. It always has to do with what's wrong with me and my spiritual condition. And what this paragraph tells me is that I can have serenity even when there's calamity, even when things are awful. And it tells me I just have to do two things, do what I think God would have me and trust him. So let me tell you about my past three weeks. Um, about three weeks ago, my mom, who'd had Alzheimer's, lapsed into a coma, and she was in a coma for eight days before she died. Um, I had serenity through it all. I did what I thought God would have me, which was go and sit with her and thank him for a chance to make amends for all the years I was a lousy daughter, and then to take care of her after she died and take care of things. Two days after she died, my husband lost his job. What do I do? What would God have me do? Trust my husband to either find a new job or work out our finances um, and trust God that we're going to be okay. And then yesterday, a routine test revealed that I need to have a biopsy. What did I do? Did I get into fear? I actually didn't. I thought, what would God have me do? 
and it's make an appointment for the biopsy and trust him that whatever happens, he has my back. He loves me. And through this all, not one food thought and perfect serenity because my serenity isn't dependent on my calamity. It's dependent on how much I do what I think God wants me to, my obedience to him and my trust in him, that this God who removes my horrible food obsession is not going to desert me through other hard periods in my life. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Janet. Next up is Lisa M., and then we're going to take another list. Hey, Russ. Thank you so much for your service this morning. It's Lisa N., as in Nancy, and I'm from Wisconsin. Um, the first thing that I thought of this morning was um, what I would say to my son if something happened that he didn't, he was hoping wouldn't, and I rehearse what I'm saying to him and um, thinking about the future. And I read something this morning and then this to confirm it, that that's trying to be self-sufficient when you plan and rehearse instead of saying, first thing, well, and I did pray. I did pray. But my mind, I don't know if you guys are like this or not, but my mind will take me off on a tangent and I'm practicing what I'm going to say. And, and um, then I realize that this is cunning and baffling. This is trying to take me away from my higher power and be in control again. And so I have to try to take myself out of that thought. And so often I feel like my higher power taps me on the shoulder to do that for me. And, and I say, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I forgot that I'm supposed to trust you and, you know, I can relax. I can take it easy and humbly rely on him. And so I remember back in September, I had a big surgery. And I actually wrote the word surgery down at the end of the, after serenity, after the word serenity, because I was in the midst of calamity at that time. It was an emergency. And I did not, I was not in a panic state. I knew this was out of my control. And it was in God's control. And through nine days of being in the hospital, I did not have calamity. I got home. Everything was fine. A little, I had a little pain in my foot. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm off and running in my head. Why do I have to have this? Blah, blah, blah. So as soon as I turn away from God and think I can handle a situation, I'm in trouble. I have got to constantly pray. I mean, constantly. And um, so anyway, I, I it's a great reminder for me today. Thanks, everyone. That'll pass. Thanks, Lisa. All right. So we're going to open up the line for sharing here on page uh, 68 here, how it works in that second paragraph. Who would like to share? Um, Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Christina J. Ken W. H. Rick J. Hold on. Ken W. Pamela P. Christina J. Or someone from the UK. Alice W. Alice. All right. Hiya. Hiya. 
Lynn S. Lynn. And then one more. I know I missed somebody in there. Crystal P. All right, Crystal. So that's that's a pretty good list. All right. So Pamela Pamela P. Christina J. Alice W. Ken W. H. Haya P. Lynn S. And Crystal P. Pamela, you're up. Yes, hello. It's Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. God bless all your. Um, yes, what I got from that paragraph is I know there is a solution. Um, you know, you got to keep your mind the solution every day, not the problem, not the circumstance, not anything that will make me want to take that next bite. So, um, I'm still in the mix of food plan because the restricted food plan been hard for me the last three weeks, and I add two more food for my meal plan, and I'm not losing the weight I want. I am losing a little bit, but not, you know, not the 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 weight I really wanted to lose. So that's something I got a store back and trying. Um, and also. Is there a lot of stress going on right now uh, concerning my boyfriend parents? And but we try to solve it. We try to get home health aid, so that would be good. So we could go out more and do things. And another stress is the medical, because um, I try and get my boyfriend medical plan, and it's been a lot of drama. And I, and I might can't get my refill. So I'm just worried about certain stuff like that. That stressed me sometimes to overeat or go to the food to numbness. So I thank God for my sponsor, the fellowship. I do work the program like my life depends on it. I get an early morning so I could do a lot of program work and make calls and stuff. So I'm still praying because um, these two food things, I got to get them out of the food plant, and it it just taking over. I'm feeling a little calm this morning with it a blessing. It's a new day. God woke me up this morning, and I'm going to try to focus on the solution with it, Jesus in the 12 step and um, this program. I can't give up before the miracle happens. I just want my recovery to be strong like it was in 2020. Um, I did want a very strong recovery. It's been slippery slope last year. So that's all I want to say. Thank you for letting me have a voice today. I pass. Thank you, Pamela. Next up is Christina J. followed by Alice W. Morning, Russ. Morning, everyone. Christina J., state of North Carolina. Here's the pattern that I ran for over 60 years, and I'm still trying to break with this program. Calamity comes, I numb out autopilot numb, then I take control, take care of business. And then over the next ensuing days, I'm irritable, restless, and discontent. I haven't dealt with the emotions that are running around in my head because I numbed them out. So I go to food, pattern over and over and over. How do I match calamity with serenity? Calamity, as was so eloquently stated by several people, 
It lives in my head. My reaction to everything is in my head. The calamity is always in my head. My reaction to my mother being sick, a friend dying, my niece just recently having a stillborn. I mean, it's constant stuff coming at us, right? I live in my head. And I react in my head from old patterns and habits. And first place I always go to still is autopilot numb, but I'm recognizing that now, you know, beginning to break that pattern. So at the end of the day, when I say, oh, I handled life perfectly today, I, 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 I didn't have any 10 steps. You know, I really have to take a look. I have a little notebook that I carry around with me now. And when something happens, I have that notebook right there. So I don't forget it's right there. It has a big, bright purple cover. So when I get irritated, I jot down the irritation because I will forget it. I will forget it. Autopilot numb, control the situation and think everything's fine. Calamity with serenity. And where's my serenity? It's in God. And where is my God? He's in my heart and he's all around and in you fellows. It's in my heart mostly, though. That's the pause everybody talks about, to breathe in. Father, help me. Higher power, help me. Love, help me. If you don't like any of those names, who cares? Just get something going in your heart. You know love in your heart. Open that heart up. Go there and pause for a second, even a second. That's what I do. And then it floods through me. And I know that I'm not in control and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Today I still have food on the table. I have clothes. I have electricity. Thank God. So anyway, calamity in my head, serenity in my heart. A lot of people talk about the bridge. It's an easy bridge to cross. You have a personal journey to that bridge. And um, this is a program of opening up, becoming who we are, learning our patterns, and slowly surrendering them as we recognize that they don't help us anymore. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Christina. Next up is Alice W. Followed by Ken WH. Star one, Alice. Sorry, can you hear me? Hey. Gotcha. Oh, yep, you're in. I'm so perfect. So sorry, technology in me. Oh, I just thank you for your service. What a wonderful meeting and everything everyone said. I totally um, oh, just you know exactly the same from me too. <laughs> and um, so yeah, for me, um, when I'm in fear, um, I just always rely on myself, and it's just a total lack of trust. And the thought that I could control it, and it's sort of this paragraph is going back to step one for me that I think I have control over my food, you know, just one bite, it's okay. My disease basically says it's fine, it's fine, get back on track. It has all these lies, it says to me. Um, and, you know, and it just, it, yes, just self-will self, self um, with my, my fear. Um, and this paragraph is about sort of, for me, it's like, what does God want me to do? Um, so rather than in myself, world way um god basically my will when when i hand it over to god it's a much better way than what it is for me you know when i do it um and there's been lots of calamities in my life which um 
I can only relate it to like pressing this button, trying to work it, trying to do it, trying to do it. And it doesn't work. And it's like, keep doing the same thing. You get the same result. And, um, and that's what I do in life. And it's like, when I really let it go, uh, like I have done in certain like tragedies and uh, tragedies, uh, really difficult situations in my life um, where I thought the worst thing would be for it not to go my way. Um, and God had my back. Like when I really handed it over, like I'm just thinking like, okay, my food or uh, this, this abusive relationship I was in, um, I kept trying to make it work until I eventually just said, I, I've got it. I, I hand it over to you, God. I kept, and it kept getting worse. And God removed me from that situation. Um, and that was God. And, and eventually, you know, serenity came. And it's the same with this. When I put the food down, I get the, serenity when I do the things that aren't Alice world um Alice way because it, it, it's that my disease you know I just think I always know best I think I can control things um yeah I'm so strong-willed like here's my ego I always think I'm like the most strong-willed person on the planet <laughs> I'm just so so strong-willed and um you know my biggest battle is handing it over and being humble or praying for humility that it's not me um sorry oh you know I'm nervous sorry <laughs> so I hand that over to God so I'm going to leave it there but I just what a wonderful meeting um so thank you very much everyone who's here thanks thanks Alice so Ken WH is up and uh We'll just let you know where and how it works, page 68, the second paragraph. All right, Ken, you're up, buddy. Thanks, Russ. Good morning. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, glad to share. Uh, the book says that our uh, lack of power was our dilemma. Uh, I don't know if that's yours, but it's mine. <laughs> lack of power is my dilemma. And um, here's the answer to that. Uh, God, uh, I have been empowered uh, that power of God has been put into me to put the food down, keep it down, and do what I need to do to take care of myself. And that's that's a great gift of this program. Uh, I love it. It says, it, it, perhaps there is a better way. <laughs> well, yeah, anything was better than what I was doing. Um, it says there in uh, Chapter 5 that uh, we thought we could find an easier, softer way. But we could not. Well, here it is. Um, I think this is the easier, softer way. It's called God. Uh, it's called higher power, whatever. It's it's being empowered for me. That's what my easier, softer way is. When I let go, when I surrender, when I give up control that I think I have, which I actually don't, um, I'm better. I'm weller. Uh, and and that's the good news. Um, I can't do this on my own. I've tried it over and over and over again. Uh, I thought <laughs> I could, and that's where I got in trouble. I had to allow my thoughts to be guided by a power greater than myself, to trust God, that God's not going to leave me on uh, over the cliff. Um, he doesn't uh, want me to just continue following in the same direction I was going and following all the other uh, self-reliant folk and uh, just falling off the edge of the cliff uh, like a lemming. Um, and uh, in the course of this, my fears have, have been dealt with and, um, oh, I still have them. 
and I turn to God when they come up. That faith is the solution to my fears, and um, I don't have to live in them. I can turn to God and uh, trust infinite God over finite me. <laughs> I'm just uh, uh, another speck on the on the globe here, along with everybody else, and that's okay. I'm okay to be uh, one of God's specks in the universe. It's okay. Um, he, God has deemed me worthy to be that, and I am happy about that, and I have surrendered to that, and I thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thanks, Ken. Next up is Haya P, followed by Crystal P. Star one, Haya. Hi, guys. Uh, pretty funny for my boss. I just somehow find that coincidental that uh, someone running the show at work is uh, is calling me now. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm Kaya P. from uh, Hollywood, Florida, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, this is my favorite uh, paragraph. Uh, I love the uh, idea that uh, God, God's job is taken. That job is taken, and uh, I do the role he assigns us. And my initials are HP, and I, I will joke with people that uh, I am the higher power. Uh, and everybody laughs and titters, but there's truth to that. There's truth to, I'm not the higher power, but there's truth to, my perception of myself uh, when I'm not listening to God. Uh, and I'm thinking of uh, God being the director of a play, and he doesn't assign me the lead role or the supporting actress. You know, I'm, I'm a tree just hanging out in the back, or I have a non-speaking part where I'm a person who's just sitting there. You know, and I think of my mom being all angry and, and going to yell at him. And I'll have my crew of people defending me and going to yell at, at the director of the play or any other interest, any other uh, incident like that. And then I just have to say, this is, you know, this is what God has intended. And certainly in my adult life, I have to, sometimes I'm just a damn tree, you know, and it's like, uh, if you're talking, you're not listening. And perhaps I need to do the listening. Uh, sorry to bring up, uh, well, that I, I think this is one of the more uh, powerful paragraphs in the book. And that idea of calamity with serenity is so interesting because, you know, we're matching something disastrous with this quiet, sort of uh, easier, softer way, as we say. And... Uh, we're not having this very, very strong, angry response to calamity. Uh, I think of a boxing match where you aggression meets aggression, but we're not doing that. God isn't asking us to do that. And I'm reminded of the phrase that you can't hate yourself into a, you can't hate yourself into a better version of yourself. And, uh, you know, it's the easier, softer way. You don't have to fight it. Uh, and God is God is telling us, you know, this is all about serenity. This is about uh, that's the solution. Uh, so I just 
uh, am amazed by this paragraph. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Okay, thank you very much. Next up is Crystal P. And I think that might do it for us today. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Um, I know for me, the number one thing that I was always afraid of was God. I was always afraid that God would either make bad things happen to me so that I will learn something, or if good things happen to me, God would take it away from me because it was just it was too good and I'm going to get all wrapped up in it and that won't be good for me either. So God was always trying to teach me a lesson. And I was so afraid of God that I couldn't even admit that I was afraid of God because I'm not allowed to be afraid of God either. And when you're afraid of God, there's nowhere to hide from that fear. It doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I can never actually be at peace or happy because I'm terrified of like an ultimate reality, you know. And um, and that fear did not go away easily or quickly. It meant I, I, I went through the step work once and then every single day, for the rest of my life, I will be doing this step work and slowly that fear will sort of be, uh, God, God is slowly chipping away at that fear until one day I wake up and I don't have that fear anymore. And for me, that happened this past week. I was supposed to go to France for my best friend's wedding. I'd been planning this trip for months now. Um, I, um, I was actually going to be the MC at the wedding. I was going to be singing in the choir. And after about three years of not even having a cold, in the last two years, I got bronchitis and start of pneumonia. And um, this past Sunday, I made the decision to cancel my trip because I wasn't well enough to travel. And I was terrified. That was the, It was such a scary decision to make because it was like, oh, gosh, what if I make the wrong decision? What if I disappoint everybody? I won't get and just the sadness of like, I won't get to be there for my best friend's wedding. And it was so Normally, there's so much of fear with that. But when this happened this time, I wasn't afraid because I just knew that no matter what happened, whether I went or didn't go or however this turned out, that it would be for the best. I don't see how. My best friend is getting married tomorrow and I'm sitting in Toronto and I'm not, I'm not afraid or angry or sad. I know somehow one day I'll wake up and realize this is why this exactly had to happen like this and that it was the best outcome for everybody involved. And somehow our relationship will be better because of it. And that's the biggest gift ever is to not be afraid of God and to know that he's always on my side and that he's taking care of things even when I can't see it, that I don't have to just face life and be like, well, I guess that sucks. I just have to deal with it. It's that no, even though I can't see it now, this is going to be the best thing ever. I'll just wake up one day and either I'll be the person that was like, oh man, I wish I knew the whole time that God had this and I didn't have to sit and worry. Or I'll be that person that said, I knew it. I knew it. I couldn't see it at the time, but I knew that God had a really good reason to do this. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thanks, Crystal. You're our last share for today. We thank everyone who shared today. Uh, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. So today's share ID, Friday, March 17, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, meaning is 20,063, All right, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. I've asked Nancy R. 
to read. A, a book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, Nancy, our recovered compulsive overeater from Northwest Illinois. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. Be true that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.